Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Lo and behold, boom. It has dropped. It is now officially official. Here's Brendan Escott. All right, Matthias Janmark signing uh, for one year, an average annual value, $1 million after a season in which he scored 10 goals and 15 assists, 25 points with a plus-minus of plus-9. He also added 26 block shots uh, and 27 takeaways during the regular season. Uh, and then in the postseason, Bob, he played five playoff games with an assist and uh, a plus-1 there yeah so i mean he had three shorthanded goals and uh he did his job there's no other oh wait there we go yeah did his job was a you know what solid depth forward for the Edmonton Oilers. we bring aboard louis debrus for gcl diesel providing genuine diesel parts and uh turbochargers at great prices for over 50 years visit gcldiesel.com hello louis how you doing hey bob i'm doing well today how are you doing good what do you think of yanmark coming back you know what? Good signing. Uh, good cost, uh, efficient signing by Edmonton. I mean, a player that they know well. They know what he can bring to the table. Um, there were times during the season last year where he was a real spark plug. I think it's a good signing uh, for your bottom six and a guy that's a veteran player that knows how to play the game the right way. Unfortunately for him, he was injured a couple times in the playoffs. Didn't really get to sink his teeth into the playoffs for the team or to try and help them, but I think he could have probably been a little bit of a difference maker with the way he plays, but uh they obviously uh, wanted to get him done, and they do at a good uh, cost-effective salary. I think he, his agency also looked at the marketplace and saw how little money was out there. And it's instead not of, real, isn't it? It's it is unreal. Right I mean, I, 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 go ahead, Louie. Sorry, Bob. Every general manager talked about it in the, in the draft coverage that I watched. And, you know, every single one to a man stepped up there and just was like, listen, there was – no movement at all on day one, and it was you could just tell the the teams had their list. They wanted to pick the best possible players they could. If they were on their list, they took them. There wasn't a whole lot of negotiating. And right now, uh, a day away from free agency, it's it, it'll probably heat up immensely then. But people are trying to find bargain deals. They're trying to find players at the best price to come in and do a job. And because the cap only went up at one million dollars, it's it's just their their hands are tied a bit. So. I think it's really trickling through the league. The teams that obviously have a little bit more money to spend are a little more aggressive and will be very aggressive. Nashville is a team that comes to mind after buying out Matt Duchesne. They only have $9 million, I think, on signboards up front with the buyout and $4 million on Johansson and a couple other things. But they'll have some money to go out there and look for some players. Um, but that's just that's the nature of the beast right now. But I know that the one thing they also talked about was the fact that this is just trying to hold it together for the next couple of years where they expect it to go up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Louis, I, I tasked you a couple of weeks ago with coming up with a price point that would work uh, for Clean Costin, and I think we both agreed 1.5 million times, too. I could see that coming. You know, that kind of made sense. Uh, well, I initially went up to 2.5. I initially said, you know, he's the kind of player that I really feel they need, and I still believe that, Bob, and I think they're going to have to address the fact they're not going to have him uh, with some toughness, with some size, with some physicality in the bottom six. Um, not easy to do, by the way. There's a few guys out there, though, that I think could potentially you could potentially look at. Brendan Lemieux being one of them. If you wanted to bring him on board, a guy like Vial in San Jose who looks like he's not going to resign. But um, we'll see what he gets. If he does end up signing with Detroit, it'll be interesting because he wanted closer to $2 million, and we were in the range anyway. We, we were, you know, you and I both, I think, were 
saying that if Edmonton can get it done for 1-5 average to work over two years, that would be a good signing for both sides. It didn't get done. Yeah, uh, the combination of the deal. I know it says future considerations, Louis. I got to tell you, uh, first of all, were you surprised that uh, that uh, Connor Yamamoto was bought out today by Detroit? Um, a little bit. I will say that because I don't think they needed to. Um, but obviously, I think the target was costing. You know, they they did that in in a chance to get clean costs on a player that fits right into their young, skilled team. They need some size. They need some grit and toughness that can skate. We saw what Clean Costin could do. Listen, he did some really good things when he was when he was in Edmonton, and you and I both like the player a lot. Were there strides that needed to be made by him? Absolutely. Um, could he have been deployed a little bit more? Sure. There, that's a young player just finding his way, but the things that we did like about Clean's game were very important to the team, in my opinion. Um, so obviously Steve Eisenman and Detroit Revenues feel the same way, and we'll see if they can get a, a deal done with them. Now, as far as Yamamoto, that was part of it to take on that contract, and for Edmonton, it's a salary dump. And I, and I heard what you said earlier, you were bang on, Bob. Um, he's a victim of the fact that this cap hasn't gone up the amount that the general manager thought it was going to go up in recent years. And I believe it's $2 million in five years is what it's gone up, something around those that number. It's your hands are tied. You just become a victim eventually when – you are a good team. When you're a good team, eventually you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Avalanche, the teams that have won the Stanley Cup. Um, they've had to negotiate and wheel and deal and find ways to move players out and move players in. And sometimes people just fall through the cracks because it's just a salary dump to open up space for a player that you feel is going to help you more. And when you're in the win-now time, there are casualties. Simple as that. Yeah, I, I, there's no question about it. I mean, the salary cap is. I, I mean, that's just, we can we can play this game, Louis. Okay, the Edmonton Oilers traded two number twos to the Detroit Red Wings for Andreas Athanasio. Okay, he played 13 games. He was a three million dollar cap hit at the time that they made that trade back in February of 2019. If and the with Chicago it didn't work out. No, but but here's where I was going to go. I okay, just just let's piece this through. The Oilers gave up the two picks. They didn't qualify him because the cap did not go up at all. We had assumed the cap that year was going to go to eighty six, eighty seven million. It doesn't go there. It's at eighty three point five. The Oilers can't afford to keep him. Edmonton gets criticized for the deal. Now the Oilers are in a situation where again they've got they're going to have to give uh, raise. They've already done Skinner, important guy in the organization's future. They're going to have to. Uh, they've qualified both McLeod and um, Bouchard. Those guys are going to get significant raises. So Yamamoto ends up going to. To Detroit with Costin. So Costin clearly was what Detroit wanted. The Oilers get out of the money on Yamamoto. So was the future considerations with Detroit really past considerations because of what happened before with Athens? See you. What do you think? Uh, possibly. And you got to understand. And listen, uh, Andreas didn't come in here and knock it out of the park either. If he would have come in here and clicked right away and started pumping in goals like he did in his thirty year, in his thirty goal year with Detroit. Um, he would have been re-signed. There would have been a qualifying offer, and they would have made room for him. So it just, it, unfortunately for him and the team, it didn't work out. I thought it was, in my opinion, a pretty strong move. 
to bring him in by Holland to try and find some scoring touch and a guy that could just go off. And we saw he had a good year in Chicago last year. He is what he is. He's a very dynamic, fast player. Then when he's on, he puts up points. He's found a home in Chicago. But these are the kind of moves, and going back to what I said earlier, if you look at the teams that have won the Cup, and especially I'll look at the Tampa Bay Lightning with the Stanley Cup final three times in a row, the Avalanche who continue to make moves. Uh, Ross Colton from Tampa Bay is, is a great move for them, in my opinion. So I, I, I look I look at what teams have done um, in their journey to try and win the Cup. You do what you can, but you have to be bold, you have to be aggressive, and you have to try and make changes when you can if you feel it makes your team better. I think Ken Holland has done that. He's given up pieces for a guy like Eckholm, and right now he's just trying to piece together a roster until an opportunity again arises, whatever that opportunity is. You have to feel it out. You have to work at it. But, yeah, who knows? I mean, as far as with Detroit, that's a relationship that Stevie Eiserman and Ken Holland have had for a long, long time. And they go back and forth. Obviously, he did Holland a favor by taking off the money off the books of Yamamoto. They needed to free up space. When we looked at it at the end of the season, there was a few players in that $3 million range, a little bit less or a little bit more, that you knew were going to be the players targeted to try and alleviate some of that stress and open up some cap selling. That's just, again, the nature of the beast. They're starting to sign players like Ryan Yanmark coming back to fill out the bottom six, and I'm sure they're going to do a little bit more here to try and complete that. And maybe one guy up in the top six, I know Connor Brown's been mentioned a lot, and you and I both like the player a lot. I think he would bring those intangibles to the Oilers, but this is all part of it. This is all how it works out, and not just Edmonton, but 32 teams are dealing with this right now, and it's been a busy, busy week, and it'll be busy for the next week as well. No better illustration than the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights, okay? Yes, this prime example. I mean, you really have to tip your hat to them. They, they have made a lot of moves. Look at the bold moves. Now, they were loaded up because they were an expansion team, and they wheeled and dealed, and they did it tremendously well. And the Seattle Kraken, too. I mean, let's not forget about them. They got in the playoffs their second year and are a dangerous team moving forward. Um, and they're doing it the right way under Ron Francis. I think he's just, you know, he, so, he's a really smart hockey man. But they had a lot of assets to move. So when you have a lot of assets to move, you move them for veteran players, a patch ready deal, they traded him. They, they haven't been shy in being aggressive to try and acquire the players they need, and it resulted in the Stanley Cup. I have no doubt Edmonton's going to do the same thing when the time comes. So, Louis, two things. Uh, the reason the situation was different for Vegas and Seattle than past expansion teams is because they were in for north of you know 500 million for Vegas and well north of that for Seattle and as a result they just got better players the, the league did not allow NHL organizations to you could protect either 8 or 11 instead of protecting 18 yeah. players huge difference uh it's, it's not it's not pick of the litter but it's a really good picking pool right and i think that you have to give them credit again both organizations for picking the right players yeah and, and when you go out there you do your work you and you 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 have a vision of a kind of team you want to be and i think if you looked at both of them i would say the vision was compete skill was compete yeah and that's exactly what they are so uh what i would say also louis just in terms of an illustration of uh, vegas and we brought this up before, but I want Oilers fans to think about this for a second, the confluence of events. The Vegas Golden Knights come in the league in the expansion team. Then they realize that the trade deadline, they can go for it. Louis, they gave up a first, a second, and a third to get Matthias Janmark. Or, sorry, uh, to, to get uh, Thomas Tatar. A first and second and third. Brandon, Brandon we have Matthias Janmark. He'll join us at 115, okay? Uh, so, um, anyhow... Um, 
We were in a situation where they gave up a first, a second, a third for Tatar. Louis, you said it. They didn't use him. Then they traded Tatar and Nick Suzuki to Mo- with a second-round draft choice to get patched ready. And because they kept on adding players like Petrangelo, like Stone, like Jack Eichel, then they couldn't keep patch ready, and they gave him away with Dylan Coughlin for nothing. And that shows you... Not just how the cap has impacted things, but also how ruthless NHL organizations. If that had happened in Edmonton, we'd be hearing about it. Now they won the cup, so because they won the cup, it's amazing, isn't it? Because we get really attached to players. We do, and uh, as a fan base, uh, as a city, you get you get attached to players that come into your organization. Rightfully so, you should. You should appreciate and enjoy the players that come into your team and play for your team hard. And I certainly do. There's certainly players that each individual, each fan, for whatever reason, you take more of a liking to some players than others, and you're big fans. And it's hard to see players move. But being such a a new organization in Vegas, they really did wheel and deal. They were not messing around right from the get-go. I mean, Suzuki, for instance, you could argue he's their best player in Montreal. I mean, they signed him like he is. He is, he is their pivot. He's the guy. And they traded him away for a veteran player. It really didn't work out. It worked out for a period of time, but it ended up resulting in another trade. But they've been aggressive to go out there and try and change their team and make sure they're doing it to their liking that gives them results on the ice. And they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So all you can do is tip your hat and say, well done. You were aggressive. You had a plan. You, you saw it through, and it resulted in your first ever Stanley Cup, which is amazing, and four conference finals in six years as an organization. I think they are an organization that you can look at and take some, some real positive things from what they've done over the years to try and make your team better. We're joined by Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel, providing service, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices for over 50 years. Visit GCLDiesel.com. All right, so Louis, we'll see what happens here with Connor Brown. Now, Theoretically, if Edmonton did not get Connor Brown back, would you re-engage the possibility of looking at Kyler Yamamoto? It's within the rules. You can do that. I wasn't sure if you could or not. I thought if you're the team buying him out, you can't. But if it's a trade and buyout, you can. Is that is yes? That how it is? Now I will tell you that the Calgary Flames bought out Michael Stone. And then about three weeks later, signed him. But that's because he couldn't get a contract anywhere else. And right. the, league, the league sort of said, um, yeah, you know. Of course. I mean, to answer your question in short order, of course. I would. Um, at the right price point, bring him in. And give, if you can't fill that hole with somebody you think is going to give you a player that you're looking for. And I think what they're looking for on that right side, to be totally honest, is somebody with some size, some grit, similar to a Zach Hyman. I mean, Zach Hyman and Connor Brown played in Toronto. They're similar players. Connor Brown's had some injuries. I know that uh, he put up a good season in the shortened season and was one of the few in the league to put up 20 goals in that shortened season. And, uh, you know, had an injury last year. He played four games, I believe. So there's a question mark there. It was a knee injury, I believe, at the torn, end of the year. Torn ACL. There you go. So it's So for me... There's some question marks there, but I really like the player. There's a familiarity there with Connor, obviously, back in Erie. He plays the right way. That's, that's, that's what I look at when I look at Connor Brown, which is just another player to step into your top six, top nine, wherever you want to place him, but it would certainly be top six on Edmonton. I think he would play with, with uh, one of the two big guys, and he would complement that line. So that would be the difference. They're looking for a player of that nature, someone that has size, someone that has that grit, someone that can finish plays. 
And uh, for, for Yamo, just unfortunately, he was dealing with some injuries, and I think those injuries started to become a concern. Um, they did for me because he's not the biggest guy, and he plays a hard, hard game. He's putting 100% of his weight into every single hit. And when you play that way and you're playing against the Giants that are in the NHL, um, it's admirable. It's amazing that he does it because he does it, and he seems to be very effective at it, but it will catch you eventually, and it will catch up to you, and it did this year for him where he missed some time was dealing with that head-neck injury. And it's always going to be a question mark moving forward because he plays that style of game. I've got a lot of time for Yamamoto, um, but sometimes uh, a fresh look on another organization is what you need, and he can take off somewhere else. You have to look at it as a positive, as hard as that is. But for Edmonton, I think they've made their decision to move on from him and look for something else. So I don't see them going back to Yamamoto, but of course you could bring him back into the room. I mean, he's very well liked in the room. We know exactly what he can bring to the table. And if he does get off to a start, um, like the half a season he had when he first came up in the NHL with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Leon Dreisaitl, a point-per-game player, um, of course you want to bring them back into the mix. So back to uh, restricted free agents and uh, having arbitration rights and the cap dock going up. Three other players that were much discussed. Caleb Jones, not qualified by the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes, Apolyarvi, double hip surgery, not qualified. Of course, he was making $3 bucks by the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And Ethan Bear, who suffered a shoulder injury at the Worlds, has not not been qualified by the Vancouver Canucks. Now, I will tell you, my guess is the Canucks will sign Bear at a cheaper price point. And this, all you know, we're, we're seeing some scenarios here, Louie, where guys aren't getting qualified in part, again, because of the cap. 100%. And it's, that's how tough of a world it is out right now for not just the general manager, also for players trying to find homes. Um, you know, in particular with those three players, I like all three players, all good humans. Um, injuries obviously have really crept into Yesapoli's game. Unfortunately, he's already had the hip surgery. He's going to have to have it again, which is really unfortunate. You don't want to see that from anybody, especially a young player like Yesa. Um, and I'm sure he will get back on track very much like he did after the first time he had this procedure done. But it's always a risky move when you're having those types of surgeries, and it's a long recovery. Um, Ethan Bear, injuries have caught up to him a little bit too throughout his career. So that's going to be something you have to keep an eye on. But I do think there's a, a valuable defenseman there when he's playing his game. I think Vancouver liked it when he was. I know there was positive comments coming out of Vancouver when he was, when he was uh, playing this year. And, yeah, if they can get a deal done for a lesser amount, sure. I think it's a, it's a good home for him, and he likes it there, and I think it would work out well. Um, Caleb Jones is interesting to me because I thought – you know, there was a portion of the season where he was playing better than his brother, yeah. Seth, you know, in Chicago. And, I mean, there's an athlete there, no question about it. There's a, there's a very skilled hockey player there that has all the tools, um, has been around now for a little bit longer. Obviously, Edmonton fans are really familiar with Caleb because he was here in the organization. And he'll get a home. He's going to find a home. I don't have any fear that Caleb's going to find a job. Um, somebody will definitely give him an opportunity. Louie, great stuff. Our final hit with you will be uh, next week on either Thursday or Friday. I'm actually I'm going out to Irma next Friday, which is where Carson Suse and Jaeger Furcus are from. And speaking of Vancouver, would not surprise me if the Vancouver Canucks end up signing Carson. So, uh, but well, he's up for grabs now. Absolutely, great stuff, Louie. Thanks for your time. 
All right, Bob, take care. 12.53 at Edmonton. Coming up at 105, Tyler Wright, the Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting at 115. I believe he's currently in Sweden. Matthias Janmark will join us. We'll take a quick out. I got some text to get to. You're listening to Oilers now. Canada Day tomorrow, and we'll have our free agent frenzy brought to you by Contract Equipment Limited. Burton Cummings. Now, is this technically a Guess Who song or a Burton Cummings song? Guess Who. This is a Guess Who song, eh? I mean, I know American Woman was a Guess Who song, but this is this is a tough song to sing, especially if you have a deeper, more resonant tone in your voice. It's almost impossible. Let her rip. Nicely done, Brendan. Canada Day tomorrow. Guests and winners now receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Altaf that Oilers now sent you. Roost Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday, 5 p.m. until close. And all season long, the Oilers now injury report is presented by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. The Elks are in action tonight. Uh, what time is the countdown to kickoff show, Brendan? Four o'clock, five thirty game time live from TD Place. This own three start, you know it's killing Trent, right? Like it's just killing no, it's him. yeah, absolutely. As like, it should. It's that killing alumni all of has them. a lot it's of pro- the fan base and uh, and this is as good an opportunity as they're gonna have in the foreseeable future to end it. Now both teams are down star wide receivers, is that right? Ottawa lost. Uh, Devontae Deadman is out for the season with a shoulder injury. Um, their quarterback situation is uh, tire fire out there. They're starting Tyree somebody Adams. Else, yeah, somebody else got in a little bit of trouble too, I think. Another one. Oh, of that's right. I saw somebody got uh, yeah, yes, got yanked out of the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Criminal so, charges pending. Anyways, James H. Brown, over 250 years of experience. When accidents happen, go see Jim Brown, uh, Trent Brown, and the gang at jameshbrown.com. You can tell them Oilers now sent you. Uh, this text comes in, Bob, uh, from uh, Kevin. This is analyst Kevin. Uh, would the Oilers consider uh, Max Pacioretty on a base bonus deal similar to Connor Brown? I am led to believe that Pacioretty uh, can get $3 million base, so the answer is no. Now, everything changes if that's not the case. Like This could be a scenario where, I mean, Brendan, it is it is feasible that somebody's going to offer Connor Brown 3 or $4 million bucks a year on a three-year deal, maybe three times three. So it's going to reveal a lot here if he takes the base bonus deal in Edmonton. And again, Chris Johnson says the Oilers are quote-unquote the leader at the clubhouse, I believe, was the official term. Something I've never said in my life. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, thank you very much. Love the guess who. Well, you're, hey, what, what are we doing here? Uh, again, you can text us 780-496. Bob, by far, Rush is the greatest Canadian band of all time. Come on, man. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of this show. We don't have to agree. You know, some people like the tragically hip. Some people like, you know... Bare Naked Ladies. Some people like the Guess Who. Some people like the Stampeders. Uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Some people like Rush. Uh, Bob, what are your thoughts on Blake Wheeler to the Oilers? No. He will be going to the United States. Hard, firm no. There's an addition, Do some digging on Blake Wheeler. There's an additional reason why. Hard, firm no for me. Uh, there you go. 780-496-0063.
Uh, Bob, why do we always have to listen to guests on awful phone lines? Well, some days this is an awful show, so we want the phone lines to match the uh, abilities of the host. How's that for you? We'll work on trying to fine-tune phone lines. You know, some days you hit, some days you miss. Uh, again, uh, Tyler Wright, Matthias Yadmark coming off. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.